0: Hello everyone, this is Bola, founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. So Long time no podcast. I know, I know, things have been a little crazy on this end, but crazy in a good way, and I will be recording an episode to share all the latest updates with you. I know I mentioned this in the previous episode that that episode was coming soon, but I promise it is coming soon, so stay tuned for that. And I am really excited to be recording this episode today because this is episode 100 of the Clever Girls Low podcast. When I first started this podcast, I had no idea of if I would even get to episode 10, talkless of episode 100. So I'm really, really excited to be able to get to this milestone. That being said, I want to thank all of you who have been listening to the podcast and sharing it and sending me messages about how this podcast has positively helped you improve your finances. I am so grateful to have you guys as listeners. I'm so grateful to have you share this with people that you care about. And I am excited for the next 100 episodes of this podcast. So for this 100th episode of the podcast, my guest is Erica Young, and we spoke specifically about how to stop emotional spending from ruining your finances. Erica is the founder and president of Tailor Made Budgets, which she started in 2005 after her and her husband Chris climbed their way out of nearly $100,000 in debt. She's a certified financial coach, and she combines her passion for helping people with creative debt reduction techniques so that everyone can have a path to financial freedom. She's also the author of the best selling book, Naked and Unashamed 10 Money Conversations Every Couple Must Have. So on this episode on emotional spending, Erica shares her own emotional spending journey, including how she upgraded her car versus repairing her old car, essentially trading a $1,000 repair job for a $20,000 car loan, and how at some point her husband had to take away her credit card from her. She shares how she worked through dealing with her emotional spending and how she was able to adjust her mindset about money in order to pay off that nearly $100,000 in debt alongside her husband. She also shares what it's like now to live a debt-free life, one she has lived for the last 10 years, and provides actionable tips on how you can accomplish the same thing too, including how to make yourself accountable, being okay with your emotions as a woman, being mindful of the positive emotions that can trigger emotional spending because some positive emotions can do just that, they can trigger you to spend, 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 and a ton more. But before we get into today's episode, be sure to stop by clevergirlfinance.com if it's been a while and check out our personal finance course platform. We are launching brand new courses every single month on different financial and life-related topics. And of course, there is all the amazing content on our blog as well. And if you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And you can also listen to episodes of this podcast on YouTube, on the Clevergirl Finance YouTube channel. And if you love you're listening to please rate and review this podcast so other people can find it as well now let's get into the episode with Erica hey Erica
1: hello how are you
0: (laughs) I'm doing great how are you I
1: am great
0: welcome to the clever girls know podcast
1: Awesome, it is a pleasure to be here.
0: I'm really excited to be talking to you about um emotional spending. this is a t- this is something that a lot of people deal with a lot of my listeners deal with, and it's the reason for many budgets and financial plans. I'm
1: <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, getting ruined. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is certainly one of those first things that you you find out that you need to fix.
0: <laughs> so before
1: we dive in, tell us who you are. What's your story? So I'm Erica Young, and I have actually been a financial coach now for 13 years. Um, What started that journey for me was honestly trying to pursue the American dream. I'm one of those people that was told, go get a good job after you get a great education, get married, have a couple kids, and start accumulating, and and that the, the job itself would fund the car, the house and those kinds of things. But no one ever taught me how to manage money and I saw I had honestly some some bad influences coming up in the household households that I was brought up in. And so um it wasn't easy for me to figure out what was going on, but it was certainly easy for my husband and I to understand that when we first got married, we had a lot of debt, no money. I was an engineer, and I was charging $10 for lunch because I really did not have that in my purse. Um, and I wasn't certain if it would, it would be in my account. And so I charged on a credit card. And that was the secret life I was living. And um, one day we decided to add up all of our debt and we decided to get on to a budget And, um, it really happened when we really got serious was when we had our first child and we didn't have enough money to fix our car that had broke down on the side of the road. It needed a thousand dollars worth of repairs, which in the grand scheme of life is not earth shattering, but because we did not have it and we had an infant to cart around, we were really concerned. And so what does a person do when they can't fix their car, but they need a vehicle to get to work? Well, of course they go get payments, right? (laughs) And so that's exactly what we did. So we traded a thousand dollar problem for a $20,000 debt. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it was because we were cash poor. we just simply did not have the cash for that. And so I know that there's a lot of people who, End up making those kinds of decisions. And in a sense, it was partially an emotional decision too, because again, the heart strings to that child and she has to be in a safe vehicle and what am I going to do? And you know, that whole thing. And so, um, it, it definitely, and then it also, you know, when you're driving a car that needed a thousand dollars in repairs, you wonder is it still going to be safe? And so your emotions get involved and sometimes they take, they get the best of us. And Um, the truth of the matter is that (laughs) we did something similar when we had our second child. And so we ended up having over $90,000 in debt that we had to pay off in our first five years of marriage. And that was a large pill to swallow. Um, And we would not have been able to do it without a budget, a written game plan for our money, and really trying to hold each other accountable. My husband had to take the credit card away from me. And now I get a chance to help other people have their accountability. And so um, when we got free, I really wanted to help other people do the same. So I got trained by the Lampo Group, Dave Ramsey's organization, to become a a financial coach. I also was aligned with Linda Bridgeforth um, and was under her leadership for a while and and learned how to coach um, under both of them. And so my thing is I really want it to take people half the time that it took me to get out of debt and also avoid the pitfalls that we fell into as well. And a lot of that comes down to more than just the numbers. Um, when we're talking emotional spending, that has nothing to do with the dollars and cents. It has everything to do with one, your wherewithal, what are your trigger points? And um, you know, what are you willing to give up in order to reach the dream that you have? And so it's, it's been a process, but I'll tell you that it's it's been totally worth it to live a debt-free life for the last 10 years and, or, you know, longer than that. And, um, to really feel like that is making a difference in other people's lives as well.
0: That's incredible. So you and your husband have paid off over a hundred thousand dollars in debt.
1: Close to a hundred, so nearly hundred thousand dollars. So you're almost there. (laughs) Yep. And your daughters are teenagers now, right? So they are. I have fourteen and eighteen year olds.
0: So it's been a lot of years in the making. And one thing that you said that you know was, I found very interesting was the fact that you said that you would charge the ten dollars lunch. And that's really you know common because it's you know, when you're doing that, you're like, Well, it's only ten dollars, right? It's not a big deal. Right. But those little expenses now start to add up and then before you know it, you have a thousand dollar credit card bill that you didn't realize were a hundred, ten dollars that's right adding up right over time because each time you tell yourself well it's only ten dollars oh well you know this this thing is going to make me feel better it's just that it's just that i don't know coffee it's just that salad um but congratulations on your progress so far thank you and being able to get to this point where you are now i guess the master of your emotional spending (laughs) so and you know i think this is a really important topic to discuss because um people's emotions can ruin their financial plans, like I said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's it's things like, especially with women, it's things like, oh, I was having a bad day or I broke up with my boyfriend. Sure, Things are not working out in my relationship. I hate my job. I'm just going to get distressed to get back at this to feel better. It's like yes. the emotional spending is tied to, I guess, a temporary fulfillment that at the time when you're thinking about it, you're not really calculating in your mind that this is not solving the overall problem. That's right. (laughs) In your experience, having to deal with this and master this, and also now that you are coaching other people, you know, to deal with this and be able to take control of their finances to get out of debt. Um, how specifically is emotional spending ruining women's
1: lives? Mm. Well, first of all, we are emotional beings. I mean, <laughs> women are I mean, I don't I don't want to be stereotypical or what have you, but we all know um what is going to push our button, make us cry, make us sad, happy, whatever those emotions are, give us guilt, um shame, remorse, all of those things. These are the emotions we tend to have and um we are much more present to them than men are in general. Um, men push it down, put it aside, think about it later, um get involved in work activity, something that is going to cause those emotions to subside or go away. And we talk about it. We lament over it with our friends, we rehearse them with our friends, we try and pick them up. We you know, we discuss them constantly. The our emotions are a part of us and we embrace it, but it can be to our detriment as well. And so for women we really have to I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing is to find the trigger. Um, what are the, the, the pain points that you experience that cause you to want to spend? Um, and, and that I think is the very first thing. And I really think we need to speak up about that. We need to have someone in our life, not a friend who's going to take you shopping, a friend... <laughs> yes, a friend who has more money in the bank than you do, who has in this particular area, more strength, Um, it could be a guy. It could be a husband. It could be, um, a girlfriend a mentor, somebody at work. It doesn't matter, but you, you have to recognize and identify that they are stronger than you are at this. And this is not their issue. And you have to speak it to them. You have to say, this is my weak point. Help me with it. When I am having an issue, I need you to either call me on the carpet or, take the card away or take my car keys, whatever it is that you need to do. And it's sometimes it's, it's good to have somebody at work or somebody that you see from eight to five because um, it's easy during that. I mean, those are the the hours. Those are the times when you're really, you know, you're working, mm-hmm. but you're thinking about what it is that you want to do or you're, you know, discussing what happened the night before or, you know what I mean? Those are the, it's a lot of the day. It really is um and so so that might be something to think about with a, a coworker or somebody that you're not quite so close to, but that they will um um or a manager or someone in that area where you can you know they will uh, on this area call you on the carpet in a friendly <laughs> yet you know <laughs> persistent way
0: <laughs> so you you talked about um you know, like women being emotional, mm-hmm. um, which we are, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's just how we're built. And, you know, I find that a lot of times when the conversation comes up between how women versus men handle their finances and we talk about, you know, we're emotional, we talk to our friends, we beat ourselves down, we complain, we lament, all these different things. Sometimes it tends to, it can sound like it's a negative thing, mm-hmm. which can be translated into, oh, you shouldn't show any emotion or you should be ashamed of the fact that you're so emotional. Why do you have to be so emotional? Mm -hmm. Or it kind of puts us into different stereotypes of how women behave because they're so emotional. And I've Mm -hmm. heard people use that as excuses for Mm -hmm. female behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, I definitely think that when it comes to emotions that we should own it because there's so many complexities about being female, right? Yes, And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I feel like when you're able to express your emotions, um, you're able to deal better with situations that cause the emotions. However, the caveat there is that you have to learn how to not just express them, but channel the emotion the right way.
1: Yes. Yes. So So good.
0: So if you're like getting, feeling upset because something's happened to you at work or something has happened to your relationship, right. And you're expressing that that's perfectly fine. Sure. the way you channel it makes all the difference. Do you go mm-hmm. home and, like scream your head off and have a bigger argument? <laughs> do you go to the right. mall and max out your credit card? Or do you tell your right. boss to go to hell and say quit? You know, right. or do you take a different approach and like you know what? I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna wait till I'm not angry and have this conversation. I'm gonna express to my boss at a time that I'm calm what I don't like. I'm going to mm-hmm. instead of going to the mall and ruining my financial life. I'm going to sit down, figure out how to fix it. Right.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's really a good point. One of the tools that I use with people is to say, let's sleep on it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, where it concerns finances, obviously I'm saying if there is a larger purchase or something that you want to do, I want you to sleep on it and wake up and see in that rational state In that, you know, after your body has time to rest and you're not um, in the heat of the moment, do you still want whatever that item is, first of all. Um, but I think that also applies when we're having emotional times in our lives and, and we're trying to figure out what it should be my next step. I've read... Mm-hmm my this emotion has come up and how do I react to that as opposed to allowing it to take over and do something that is detrimental to either my finances or some other part of my life and so um I love the idea of sleep on it Mm -hmm. um and I also love the idea of write things down what is it that you are experiencing right here in the heat of the moment and write things down um because you don't, well, I think it's really productive actually to be very clear to what the emotion is doing to you internally. And so, I mean, on, honestly, when you go about your busy life and you go into your next day and you have things to do, if you haven't written something down, then you don't even know what you're fighting about anymore. Right. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and then you can't be you can't use those words to to be effective in communicating with whoever it is or whatever the situation is. Um, and I don't mean write it in the email or send it yet. Like I definitely don't mean that. But I mean, um, sometimes it's just good to have a quick journal on the side um and and have it open. I have a journal open right now with some words on it that I really want to finish, um but they're open so that each time I walk by it, I can. Finish those thoughts because in the heat of the moment when I just felt like it was really important for me to write down and journal um where I was at, I couldn't finish the thought, but now that it's open every day, I see it and I'm like, okay, all right, that's a reminder. It just and then and like I said, there's nothing more um real than the words when you are in an emotional state. So um I'd rather that and take that moment, take that time or that breather that, like I said, overnight, um, than for you to be impulsive, um, get on Amazon, uh, <laughs> go, go eat something. And you know what I mean? We spend money in lots of different ways. Um, and we justify them in more ways. And, um, and so taking a breather is such a good first step
0: that's really great advice and you said a lot of different things but i'll kind of touch on them as we keep talking but (laughs) we talked about you know so what are the i want to delve more into the this emotional you know behavior we're talking about so you talked about um you know Emotional action based on the negative emotions, right? So you're getting angry, you're upset, you're feeling some kind of way about whatever situation that causes you to go and spend that initiates triggers that cause you to make poor financial decisions. Right, But then on the flip side, there are the emotions that are great emotions that also cause people to make poor financial decisions. Like, yes. oh my God, I just got a raise. I just got a tax return. Oh my God, I just yes. got age. Amazing. I need to go plan my wedding. I'm so happy. Yep. So those emotions that are tied to positive things that are happening, the promotion, the, I don't know, whatever it is that's making you feel super happy, mm-hmm. that makes you feel like, you know, I... This is something to celebrate. This is something to spend money on. Or I'm gonna make myself even happier and celebrate by buying this thing, or by not not even just spending, but oh my God, I'm so happy. I don't need to deal with that today. I it's gonna I don't want anything to ruin my happy moment.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> how, so how helpful.
0: do you how do you balance the cause there's a negative side? I think there's a lot of focus on that negative side, but there's yeah. also a lot of positive emotions that drive. Um, negative financial behavior.
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, So first of all, I think goals are really important and they help with both the positive and the negative emotions. If you have a goal that you're in the middle of, and I think there should always be a goal. I'm a big fan of being free of your debt. And so I'm always talking to my clients about um, their debt-free date. When are we going to get this done and that kind of thing. And so um, a debt paying it off is a goal. It could be savings. It could be getting on a trip. It could be, you know, a new job, starting a business, whatever the goal is, that is important to keep your focus, no matter if it's a positive or negative emotion, you've got to, remind yourself of the goal and there needs to be somebody who knows about what that is. Um mm-hmm. so I think that's first. But then at the same time, it's okay to reward yourself. But I think people need to have spending limits. I really think this is the challenge. I've got a couple of clients who are getting married right now. And the challenge is that it's such a happy and exciting time and people are like, I just, you know what, it's one day and I just want to go all out or they they set us A wedding budget and then when this one particular thing comes up they're like oh I don't care I'm gonna throw caution to the wind you see it every day when you know and I or I should say in my house I see it every day because I have a teenage girl who watches um say yes to the dress (laughs) all the time and you see it when they're like oh forget the budget this dress is for me and then afterwards you're I'm thinking I'm the financial coach looking at this like so how are they going to pay for that? Like I don't even know anything about their financial situation. They might be able to write a check for it. Who knows? But but in the heat of the moment, you're just overcome with that thing. And if you don't know what your goal is or budget or what your next step is going to be, it's hard to say no. But if you know that my goal is to pay off $30,000 in debt in the next 12 months, Mm -hmm. And this particular event, is it worth pushing that back a month or two? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And I like to also say, um, and, and sometimes, yes, I get that that can be a downer. If we're in a good mood and you're like, I got a raise and I want to get a new car. Well is that in alignment with your goals? I mean, you really do have to think about that. There's nothing wrong with in this the spur of moment, let's go out to dinner, have a nice dinner, or let's plan a vacation and it's three months out, whatever the case. But I think being impulsive um, comes into reality when you actually think about the goals that you have set and why they are so important to you. Because if you don't think about your goals, you're never going to get there.
0: Absolutely, and getting clear on your goals and making them specific and measurable. Yes. And like you said, writing them down, putting them somewhere where you can see it, telling somebody else about it so that you can be held accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think accountability is so key. Like, you know, for me, like that is really, really important, especially when I'm setting goals for things that that are going to be or that I know are going to be difficult to attain. Right. Um, Because the natural human response is, oh my God, this is too hard. I will just figure it out later. Oh my God, I can't deal with that right now. Especially from a female perspective. Right. Pushing it off and pushing it off. Um, or just if nobody knows and does it really count. Yep. yep.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep.
0: And so I, I personally have different accountability partners for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they remind me, you know, like when I say, oh, you know, you know, so I have a couple of friends that I talk to every single day and one of the things we talk about is working out and I'll say things like, oh, you know, I just, I just um, ate a Dunkin' Donuts donut (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like, weren't you supposed to work out this morning? Did you work out? How many calories was that donut? How do you feel about yourself now? (laughs) Do you feel good? So it's like stuff like that and you Mm -hmm. can have the same type of people for your finances but like you said, you you want them to be people who are either doing better than you or who have have that mindset that they can that they're going to succeed, and they have similar goals like you, and they're thinking in the right way. Because a lot of times people make the mistake of choosing the wrong accountability partner or the wrong person to hold them accountable. Yes, yes. Just because somebody's your best friend doesn't that's right. That. They're good influence. There's something that someone had told me. You know, one of my friends randomly were talking about. So, you know, she was talking about um, her mom who has been divorced twice. Mm -hmm. And she was having issues in her relationship. And she was like, you know what? I want to talk to my mom about how to save my relationship. But I realize now that she's not in the best position to give me the advice. Mm -hmm. Because she hasn't had a successful relationship, but I Mm -hmm. still love my mom. So it wasn't anything against her mom. It was just that, okay, I know this is a great person in my life, but she's not the right person because she has an experience. She can tell me the failures and how to avoid the failures, but she really isn't that insightful about how to achieve the lasting success because she hasn't been there.
1: Yeah, so right. So I need to talk
0: to someone who has achieved that lasting success so they can tell me their own real experience, right. not not a assumed experience yes. of what I should be doing to work on my relationship. And so that's how you want to think about it. It's not that they're bad people. Yes. It's just find the people that align well with what you're trying to accomplish. And
1: I think there's something to be said. I, I know people have heard this before, um, but it bears repeating that you are a product of your... Five closest friends, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And you probably in many areas of your life look very similar to those that are around you. But if your peers aren't reaching higher, or if they're stuck in the same place, or or you don't even like where you are financially, but these are your peers. This is a ding, ding, ding. We've got to go higher. Like hey, hey, this is a red flag. Let's find someone that we want to be like and and have conversations with them. When I wanted to go into business, I well, I'll, I'll tell you, I dr- I dragged my feet for a couple of months, and a, and one of my best friends literally pulled me to take to go to this women's boot camp. So I spent all day at this boot camp, but. The amazing thing about this is that there was a woman there who had started her business from zero and she was on a panel and I was completely drawn to her and really wanted to talk to her. Um, And she is part of the reason why I decided to jump in. She had lunch with me. We connected. I bounced ideas off of her, shared my business plan. Believe this, she became my first client. Um, She was a test case, but also... She wanted to get to her finances together, even though she was a CEO. And um, it was amazing. So I reached up and my business started the business. And 13 years later, I'm still doing it and still in contact with her. And so if you don't reach up for to people that you admire, know, like, trust, and they have been successful in an area that you want to be successful in, you're missing out. That's the bottom line. You're missing out. And and those that you can impact because you get healthy financially, or you're able to start the business, or your job goes to the next level, they're missing out because you haven't taken your next step. So I just think it's so important to reach up. And when when you can, you reach down and pull somebody else up too.
0: Yep, that's very true. I always tell myself if, you know, I'm talking with my friends and an important question comes up about the goal or the thing that we're trying to achieve, maybe it's something with finances or a business or in life or relationship and everybody is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, or yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Right. Then it's time to find the next level of people. You're right. And either say, hey, girlfriends, this is the next level of people. Let's go figure out what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? See ya. <laughs> right, yeah. We're going we're gonna to stay friends, but we're just not going to talk about this stuff anymore because we can't help each other
1: anymore. Yeah. right. And mm-hmm. you can, you have to protect yourself. You really do. A lot of people are not going to be excited. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Excited about what you're excited about, what you're trying to do, they may not understand. And if they don't understand, they can't help you. And that's the honest truth. And so if, if they are not able to provide insight, wisdom, knowledge, or um, some girls, some emotional support, it, you know sometimes you're going to have to keep your mouth shut um around those people or stop being around those people and find someone that um will be able to support you the way you need
0: absolutely so there's someone who's listening to this podcast and is like oh my god that sounds like me or part of that sounds like me or mm-hmm. um that sounds like you know <laughs> i can't relate you know i'm an emotional spend- spender um and don't get me wrong when i say someone is listening because We've all, I think we've all been guilty. I've been guilty of being an emotional spender Absolutely, the good emotions and the bad emotions. I've gotten to the point where I can talk myself into common sense and be like, you know what? You just had the slip up, but you're going right back where you came from. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Back whence you came forth from. (laughs) 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 To return whatever you just did.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: Yep. To get your life together. I I can return groceries. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Did you know you can return fresh fruit? Mm. Um, So I would be the person that would buy a bunch of fresh fruit that I knew I wasn't going to eat And then I would get home and maybe a couple of them will be bad And I'll just keep the whole thing, let the whole thing get bad and throw it out Mm -hmm. But now I'll be like, you know what? I'm taking this entire batch because I know I'm not going to eat it I'm taking it back to the store Plus there are some bad ones in here so I want to (laughs) refund
1: There you go you'll go take it so
0: it's like random stuff like that but you always have to find ways to constantly be assessing yourself on how you're spending your money is this making yes? Sense? Did I buy yes. this because you know I'm guilty of I always say I say this all the time on the podcast but when it comes to the grocery store I'm guilty of a lot of things you know I, I, I can go there hungry and see a new organic something something and buy it mm-hmm. or I buy some like things to cook my dream meal that I know I have no business cooking I <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> You know, things like that I constantly have to check myself so yes. right so you know this is a random example but writing it down for me it's going to the store with the list for me it's not yes. really around Absolutely. I usually try to go when I'm in a hurry yes. so I don't have time to be like oh let's go to aisle 7 and yeah
1: what's new <laughs> yeah well let me tell you um there's two areas I- i'll be honest i'm a coach i talk to you know lots of people all the time about their money Um, and it is sometimes emotionally it's draining and I have to kind of shake myself. I have different ways that I kind of keep myself from sort of either being pulled down or pulled into too too many different directions. Um, but sometimes, so I have some high dollar clients, some, some high net worth client, or I should say high income earners as clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I do have some that don't make a lot of money. And emotionally, I'm pulled in a lot of different directions in one week, let's say, for instance. And so um, sometimes I get off the phone and I'm like, gosh, man, if they can buy a boat, surely I can go buy that dress, right? You know, um, and, and so I find myself, I have to check myself that, that their circumstance, my circumstance is never based upon theirs. Um, and then for those that don't have a lot, um, it, it may, sometimes I can come away from a, a meeting and feel guilty about what, what we have been able to accomplish and the goals that we have been able to reach. And so I have to really um, manage those emotions so that I'm effective in every single conversation that I have and shake it off a little bit um, and stay focused on why I'm here and how to add value to their lives. But the other piece of this is, yeah, I've got, I've got a friend who texted me a week ago and said, Erica, this dress is for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, it was a $10 dress. Like honestly, $10 is not going to make or break the bank. Um, and I said, no, I got a dress already because it's for a specific event. and I already had my dress. I literally already had my dress. Um, and, um, and she said, but it's $10. And so I look at it and I peruse and I'm like, oh yeah, it's $10. So I buy the dress online, right? Pay $6 to ship it. I put the dress on and I cannot walk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it one of those looks one way, but when it comes from China, it looks a different way. It feels feels a different way.
1: (laughs) It actually felt way different. Like it looked the same, but it felt different. And I said, man, I'm not going to be, and I am not losing weight to try and fit this dress. That's not my life. I don't do that. And so I was like, man, did I waste my money? So I'm thinking about who I can give this to. And, Fortunately, within a week, I was with a friend. I was like, oh yeah, she can fit this. And I gave it to her. But but here's the deal. It was still $16. I mean, you don't have... When you are... Pressing it adds on, up. It does. And don't tell me. Like if that happens every month, every other month. Come on. This is money. Like honestly, that's me taking my daughter to Chick-fil-A. And <laughs> and I, I like to equate wasted money or wasted time with something that I I prefer, right? So if I wasted time doing something, what could I have been doing? I could have finished my book. I could have, you know, did a workout. I could have walked my dog. I could have spent some time with my daughter and played a game, whatever, in terms of time. Or if it's money, I'm like, you know what? I could have taken my daughter out to eat, or that could have been a pair of shoes that I actually preferred to wear or could fit versus a dress. I could not. Right. Or Mm -hmm. I could have put that money in savings. Like these are the things, what is the return on that decision? So it's not necessarily return on the investment, but what could you, what's the trade off? What are you missing out on because you actually spent that money or spent that time or, or, you know, lamented, like we were talking about emotional spending, spent time lamenting, rejoicing, having too much fun, um, about, you know, something great that happened. And then you're like, man, I spent way more than I thought I was just celebrating. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just a trade-off and I have had clients to take things back to the store. I mean, I had one client, she came to me, she said, yeah, I spent 500 bucks on, on clothing. And it wasn't about whether or not she could afford it because the truth is she could. Um, It was more about um, why. Why did you do it? What was the trigger? And and the second question is, do you really need this? And so she took half of it back um, and felt better about that, felt way better about that than... than the feeling that came with her just randomly doing the shopping. And so um, we just really, I think we have to get super clear about what it is we want and not allow ourselves or anyone else to get us off track.
0: That's really (laughs) very, very important. So just going back to kind of like where I started before, before we kind of started talking about this was for someone listening who's like, okay... I relate to this. This sounds like me. What is the one thing, like if they could just start with one thing that they could do today to start working on this, right? Because we have talked about a lot of different things that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about root causes and actions to take and like, you know, stuff like that. But what is one thing they could just do knowing that, okay, they, they've recognized this is an issue and they want to kind of get on top of it?
1: Well, I think, for emotional spending specifically, you've got to know what triggers it on a repeated basis. You've got to really, I think you have to sit down and think about what makes this me want to go to the mall or go on Amazon or go out to eat. What makes me want to do that? What is the thing that repeatedly happens that I pull out my debit card for? Um, In order to protect yourself, and that would be the way I would phrase it, is use cash. So frankly, every week, every time you create a budget, every time you you know take money out of the bank, that's it. Like, that is all. Use cash. So frankly, if you can go out to dinner or if you can go shopping or what have you on the cash you have, you know, that is, in my opinion... So first of all, it's not going on debt or credit. Um, it's not derailing... Your checking account and causing you to be overdrawn, um, but to protect yourself from you, use use your cash and see how that feels and how different it is and the decisions you make. So when I go to the grocery store and um, and I'm having a bad day and I want you know twelve thousand cookies or some <laughs> Breyers ice cream, it's like does it fit in the cash that I have? And most of the time, if I'm taking something off my grocery list, it is. It's the dessert because it isn't actually necessary. It's a want, not a need. And so um, I think finding your emotional trigger, being clear about what that is, and then making certain that you are using cash when you're doing any kind of spending. um, And so you're keeping track of how much cash you have that is huge. I think a lot of people, and I mean cold, hard cash, I do not mean a debit card. Um, and it it just is different when that's the decision that you have made.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, and after everything that Erica said, you're like, well, I don't know what my triggers are. Um, you need to do better. And the first thing you need to do to do better is go pull your bank statements, go pull yes. your statements, mm-hmm. get a bright colored highlighter, the brightest pink or brightest yellow you can find, and sit down and go over that those statements for the last three months, even the last six months, and highlight every reoccurring expense, that's not a need. And mm-hmm. you find out what is your spending money on. And when you look at those dates and when you look at the location or the address of where yes. you bought that thing, you probably start to remember what you were feeling like each time you went in there to spend or each time you were making that transaction. Um, yes. That's the great thing about memory. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is that it needs triggers. And it it is your trigger. So if you're telling yourself, well, I'm not sure, I don't know. I know it could be many things. Pull out your back statements, and you'll be able to determine, or at least have a yes. sense of what the many things are, and you can start from there. Like you said, with now that you know the triggers, now that you are figuring out the triggers, then these are the next steps you can take.
1: Yeah. everything that and, Erica shared. And what I what I actually call that is a reality check. <laughs> um, that is always. The first and probably most scary thing to do for many people is to face their spending itself. And so when you highlight in different colors or what have you, add up by category. So you add up, you say, How much did I spend on dining out? Like, you know, and what days specifically? Is this always on a Saturday night or Friday night? Um, And, you know, add up your clothing and add up. Your, you know, <laughs> some nowadays it's really Amazon, like Amazon is kind of taking over. Um, add up, you know, those specific, you know, categories to see how you're spending your money when you are triggered. Because I think it's really important to know, like, the total amount. I, I think people are very delusioned when they, um, when I say, How much do you spend on dining out? and they say, Oh, $200 a month. I'm like, Oh, okay, so let's add it up. And so when they add it up, it's twice that. Um, and they're surprised. They say, oh, we only go to lunch. We usually eat home, eat at home, blah, blah, blah. No, actually they eat out twice a week. It just is not more often, right, than that. And so I think looking at your bank statements and adding it up by category, highlighting it, looking at, like you say, the um, the dates and when it occurred, where you were, um, was it after work, things like that? you know those are going to tell you so much information, and the truth is it 's not easy. I tell my clients when you 're doing a reality check, you might need some you know chocolate nearby it 's okay <laughs> If you need a glass of wine no one 's going to be mad at you. Put on some music or something to to calm your nerves, but get it done because mm-hmm. Um, that it is like a critical time um, to make some good decisions. This is one of the best things a person can do if you're avoiding money issues, likely you are avoiding those bank statements.
0: Absolutely <laughs> And like like you said, get out your glass of wine, get out your best tea, whatever that's to right. Call your, call your accountability partner to come over, put on that's your right. finance track. Come on now, wear yep. your Halloween costume, whatever it is you need to do. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> to
0: that's get it right. done.
1: That's right.
0: So Erica, this has been awesome. I feel like we can continue talking, um, but you shared so much already. Um, but before I let you go, I'd love for you to tell us what is your Clever Girl superpower?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the question. And, um, oh, I, I, oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> I know this sounds, I'm a nerd. So I'm just going to say this. I'm a nerd, but I, I, and I really believe it is a power of mine. Um, but I'm, I'm a numbers girl and I can flip a budget upside down, right side up and make it work. Like I can help someone (laughs) really figure out how to make their income and their outgo balance. Like that is not only is it, I feel like a superpower it it's, it excites me, like it's it's like a you know an organizer coming into your home, and they get such satisfaction from helping you get your house together, or someone who cleans your house and and it's clean, and you you don't you don't want to touch anything because it's perfect. Like I just get a sense of satisfaction from helping people figure that out. And the other thing is, um, I have great restraint. Like personally speaking, I don't really enjoy spending money. It's not that's not how i get down so i feel like that is a a power because it's it, i i do have those emotional moments but i don't like to spend money and that is sh- like strength like that, i think that's really part of why i'm in this business is because it's easy for me to say no to stuff i i do like to shop but i don't enjoy spending i don't like parting with my money and so um <laughs> that's powerful and so i think those two things, like being, you know, in my opinion, what I call a master budgeter, you know, like I said, I can flip some things upside down and people are like, wait a minute, how does she get this to work out? Um, you know, that is those two things together. I mean, it, Just honestly, it kind of makes my husband happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, So, I'd also just before I let you go, finally, finally, (laughs) how can folks keep in touch with you?
1: Well, you can find me on tailormatebudgets.com, and that's my website, T A I L O R m-a-d-e budgets with an s.com because they are tailor-made um and you and on there actually people can get a 30-minute consultation with me free of charge and so on my homepage, you're able to um have some time with erica and um you can download my ebook have your cake and eat it too Um, and if you do that, you will be added to my newsletter and I send my newsletter out monthly to keep in touch with my subscribers and help them overcome any financial issues that they're having and reach their goals as well. So tailormadebudgets.com is the best way to find me. You can also find me on Twitter budgets by Erica, Facebook, tailormade budgets. Um, and all of those links are also on my website. So I'll be
0: sure to add your website link to the show notes. Um, but this has been awesome. I appreciate your time, Eric, and for sharing your story and just talking, having this really important conversation about emotional spending, because I think everyone has experienced this, or, you know, and there are people who are definitely still experiencing this. And it's just good to know that there are specific things that they can be doing to help them overcome this and kind of keep focused on improving their finances. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode with Erica. She shared some really awesome tips on how to curb your emotional spending and get your mindset and emotions in check so that you can succeed with your financial goals. If you love the episode, please subscribe if you haven't already. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and also on Google Play. And you can also find episodes and watch videos on the Clever Finance YouTube channel. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.